Worms. I'm Raleigh Terius, and this is the Hand Tool Book Review, the podcast for people who love woodwork and love reading about woodworking too. If I ran through every useful website on the internet, I'd have to give the show a new name and the shows would be a lot longer. However, one website that is known to many and is among the most useful as far as I'm concerned is the Wood Database. You've probably consulted it, either knowingly or as the result of a Google search on one of your projects. What you might not be aware of is that Eric Meyer, the founder of the site and the driving force behind making sure we all know our Janker hardness from our modulus of rupture, has also published a book. Wood, identifying and using hundreds of woods worldwide, is the topic of today's show. The book has six chapters, but as five of them take up the first 50 pages, and the remainder of the book is the species pages, it's worth considering them as two sections. The first will take you from being a greenhorn to having a level of knowledge appropriate for a woodworker. There's a term dendrologist, one you might be familiar with. It's the scientific study of trees. Let's be clear, you're not going to be a dendrologist after 50 pages. However, Eric admits early on that you can be a wood scientist or a woodworker. He admits he's a woodnut, fascinated by the topic, and yet even he balked at the idea of buying a microscope to make species identification better. I must admit to being a bit curious about giving this a try, and I have a little handheld 100 times microscope in my woodworking shop. Admittedly, it's $10, but I tell you, from my experience, it's absolutely fantastic for checking the scratch patterns on your planes after sharpening. If you're ever trying to figure out whether a step in sharpening is worth it or not, whether you can skip a step, or whether what you're doing is making a difference, you can do a lot worse than get a cheap little microscope. But I digress. Today's rabbit hole is wood, not sharpening. So we'll start at the beginning and go through the difference between softwoods and hardwoods and how a tree grows. These are important concepts, and I feel that the couple of pages that set out the concepts are well done. They are clear, concise, and have a wide range of excellent color diagrams and photos that show a wide range of species while transmitting all this information to you. It's a standout in the book. Many other technically focused books have a lot of black and white photos or diagrams. This is glossy, full color from start to finish, and the font choice, page presentation and format is professional and easy to read. And it's a pleasant change to have color everywhere, even on graphs of moisture content. You'll cover the aspects of wood that most need explaining, methods of cutting wood, grain appearance and rays. I like the way the author shows both face and ends, and helps you begin to pick up skills like how to guess what the face will look like by analysing the ends. I think it's safe to say that if you're serious about wood identification, you're going to have to stop ignoring the ends of boards, and change your thought pattern from one of the end is that horrible thing to plane with a hand plane, and move to a world of this part of the board gives me vital insights into what I'm getting. As you'd expect, there's a section on wood movement and dimensional shrinkage, and this section helped me learn a few things. For example, I was not aware that shrinkage was non-linear. I expected that a 5% drop, say from 45% to 40%, would result in the same movement as a drop from 15% to 10%. This book corrected that piece of incorrect thinking, and supplied me with some great graphs that show where this is near linear, and where it's different. Tying this together with bound and free water, and then going into tangential shrinkage and radial shrinkage comparisons, 
will definitely increase your understanding of what your wood is going to do in specific circumstances. The real standout for me in this section was the graph that shows unfinished wood, one coat of Alcott paint, and three coats of paint, and shows the changes in moisture content with swings in relative humidity. If that wasn't enough, the facing page then has a moisture-exclusive effectiveness of paste wax, linseed oil, tongue oil, lacquer, varnish, shellac, and paraffin wax. One to six coats are compared across the finishes, and this diagram is truly mind-boggling. If you've never been a lover of shellac, I'd suggest you take a serious look at this diagram. Identifying wood is a tricky subject, and we start by considering the concept of provenance, or narrowing down a species identification based on where it's likely to have come from. It stands to reason that if you're in North Carolina, you'd be unlikely to be identifying a hardwood in front of you that's a rare Australian wood. It sounds obvious, and that's possibly true of a large part of identification. I guess some of it we go through subconsciously each time we see a piece of local wood. What was useful to me, however, is how Eric breaks down all the varying factors and takes you through them in a step-by-step -step manner. We'll consider what to look for to identify if the wood is solid or veneer, what colour and wood grain mean in this context, weight, hardness, history, and the X-factor, things like odour, fluorescence under blacklight, extractives, chemical testing, leachability and froth tests, that's all covered. And while you might not be interested in doing all these tests yourself, it's useful to understand the basic concepts. Who knows when you'll find an application, or be curious enough to give it a go. The primary skill that you'll learn in this book is around end grain identification, and while a cheap 10 times jeweler's loop is recommended, I'd suggest that many of the characteristics could be determined with a fine eye. However, I'm at the age where reading glasses are starting to look attractive, so I'll go with the magnifier. Chapter 4, which goes through concepts such as identifying resin canals, tracheids, early to late wood transition and grain contrast, as well as parenchyma and rays, might seem a bit intimidating. But in a few well-illustrated pages, Eric describes the key concepts and steps through multiple examples to get you into the groove. I love the way the author uses tons of species to illustrate the concepts. This is definitely not a book that just shows cherry, oak and walnut. And as we prepare for the main section of the book, we get to cover off concepts like specific gravity, Janker hardness, modulus of rupture, modulus of elasticity, rot resistance, etc. There's enough detail in this section to give you a good key as to what the actual species pages will be about. And after that we enter the wood. One of the things I like here is that the common species are grouped together and where there are groups of related species, there's often a page with further information about categorization. An example is a page on hard maple versus soft maple, or white versus red oaks. On the species pages, there's typically a format where there's a, a half page or a full page spread, and I'll take you through two examples which should give you the flavor. The first is a full page spread, and it talks about vera wood, Bulnesia or Arborea. Distribution. Central America and Northern South America. Tree size, 40 to 50 feet tall, 1 to 2 feet in trunk diameter. Average dried weight, 74 pounds per foot. Specific gravity, basic and a 12% moisture content, 1.01 .01 and 1.19. Janker hardness, 
3,710 pounds per foot. Modulus of rupture, 25,730 pound feet per square inch. Elastic modulus, 2.27 million pound feet per square inch. Crushing strength, 10,830 pound foot per square inch. Shrinkage, radial 6%, tangential 8%, volumetric 13%. TR ratio, 1.3. I've read out the imperial measures here, but this tree size is done in meters, the average dried weight is kilograms per cubic meter, Janker hardness in newtons, modulus of rupture in pascals, etc. Color and appearance. Hartwood ranges from yellowish olive to greenish brown, darkening with age, especially upon exposure to light. See the photo of the two balls below. Pale yellow sapwood is clearly demarcated from hardwood. Cordesorn grain has a unique feathered pattern. Grain texture. Grain is straight to spiraled or slightly interlocked. Fine even texture with a high natural luster. Rot resistant. Rated as very durable, good insect borer resistance. Reported to last almost indefinitely in direct ground contact. Workability. Dulls cutters and is generally difficult to work. Has a tendency to skip over top jointer cutters on account of its high density. Very light passes are recommended. Due to its high oil content and density, it is very difficult to get strong and reliable glue joints. Exceptional wood for turning and finishes well. Allergies and toxicity can cause sneezing. Pricing availability. Turning blanks and other small pieces are commonly available. Small pieces of lumber are less common but are also available. Prices are in the mid to upper range for an imported exotic wood. Sustainability. Listed in CITES Appendix 2 and is on the IUCN Red List as conservation dependent. Cessation of any current conservation programs would likely result in a vulnerable or endangered status. Common uses. Tool handles, mallet heads, bearings, boat building, pulley wheels, turned objects and heavy construction in areas where the tree is grown locally. Vera wood, Bolnesia arborea, along with Bolnesia sarmientoi, are both very similar in appearance and working characteristics to Lignum vitae, Guacum spp. All three woods are in the Zygophilicacea family and B. sarmientoi is sometimes referred to as Argentine Lignum vitae. On the page we have a nice picture of the face grain. We have two balls mentioned above in terms of the color and we have another identification chart, the end grain at 10 times magnification. Next to that we have porosity, diffuse porous, arrangement diagonal radial rows, vessels medium and numerous, parenchyma, vasicentric and confluent, rays, narrow fairly close spacing, odor, lingering perfume-like fragrance, and notes, ripple marks are present, guacum SPC vessels are not arranged radially. I certainly think that for a layman, a craftsman or a woodworker, there's enough on this one-page spread to make sure that you understand the key characteristics about the wood. Now let's take a look at one of the half-page spreads. Sisu, Delbergia Sisu. Like the full page spread, we have distribution, 
in this case northern India, Nepal and Pakistan, as well as western Asia, and also grown on plantations. We have the tree size and the trunk diameter, the average dried weight, specific graffiti, Janko hardness, modulus of rupture, elastic modulus, crushing strength and shrinkage. So in essence all the key metrics that we had on a full page spread. The description is slightly truncated, so I'll read it for you. Also known as Shisham wood, or occasionally as Indian rosewood, although that title is more properly given to Dalbergia latifolia, Sisu is one of the few Dalbergia species where certified sources are available. Almost never exported to North America's lumber, the wood is highly valued in India, and its price is on par with teak, Tectona grandis. The tree itself tends to grow in a crooked fashion, so long clear sections of lumber are seldom seen. Used for veneer, plywood, musical instruments, furniture flooring, boat building carving, and turned objects. I hope this kind of description will give you an idea of the difference between a half page spread and a full page spread. Needless to say, with 350 common species covered in the book, and at least 100 full page profiles, there's certainly a lot to take in. So in conclusion, wood. Identifying and using hundreds of woods worldwide is 266 pages long and is written by Eric Meyer. You can find the book on Amazon and as at August 2020, it costs $35. However, before you buy it on Amazon, can I suggest that you go to the website wood-database.com forward slash book and take a look there. There's a complete index of the species as well as an opportunity to download some sample pages. I think it's a good starting point. I just wish there'd been a way to support the author more directly, as I feel that what he's doing is a great initiative. There's a stage in every woodworker's life when you realize that there might be other woods and that cherry, oak, walnut, pine and poplar are not the sum total of workable species. Like me, you might be simply curious or you might have had a surprising experience with another species. Think good like tulip wood or excruciating like wenge. Either way, You'll be looking at some point at a species of wood and wondering how on earth it compares to something you're familiar with. I'd suggest at this point that another excellent resource on this is Shannon's Lumber Industry Podcast, especially the Lumber Glossary in Episode 1, Episode 5, Lumber's Technical Properties, and Episodes 29 and 30, which deal with Janker hardness and shearing strength. It's safe to say that the combination of properties are what makes the wood unique, and there's no single simple comparison. However, if you get the basics of the terminology, you'll be well on your way to making an informed decision. Having a reference book like Wood on the Bookshelf is a great way to find some inspiration between projects and possibly a lifesaver when you see a species on special that you're unfamiliar with. I'm giving the book a 7.5 out of 10 in the category Wood. So that's it for now Woodworms, and remember, go buy something interesting a species that you've analysed in your head, and then compare it to the real-world working properties. Have some fun with an exotic. And keep reading. If you have any comments or suggestions, perhaps a favourite book you'd like to suggest, or one you're considering buying that you'd like to be featured on a future episode, send me an email at handtoolbookreview at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can find me on Patreon. Any contributions will support the purchase of books for the library and future episodes.